Every lady needs a hobby. A Miss Fisher's murder mystery podcast. I'm Mackenzie. I'm Genevieve. Murdering model. <laughs> yes, I'm Genevieve, cold-blooded killer and jewel thief. <laughs> um, this week we're reviewing season two, episode five. Murder a la mode. Oui, oui. Oh. Je m'appelle Genevieve. <laughs> Croissant. Genevieve. <laughs> Le petit mot. Je voudrais un café. <laughs> Did you just say the petite more? I did. I did. Miss <laughs> uh, Fisher would be proud. Miss Fisher oh, would yeah. be proud. Um, <laughs> so what do you think of this episode? Um, well, I don't like it because the murderer is named Genevieve. Um, <laughs> but besides that, it's fine. It's not my favorite episode. I mm. do enjoy the scene at the end a lot. So there's Yeah. That. Um, I remember not liking it that much, but then on rewatch, I was like, okay, there's actually a lot of sexual tension in this episode, so I was into that. Yes, there's definitely a lot of sexual tension. Also, I noticed that Jack sort of, like, really lets Franny, Fry, he just basically watches Franny solve this case, so. Yeah, you're right, he barely does any investigating. No, he just, like, watches Franny do her thing. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> yeah, well, she knows what she's doing, so. Yeah. Um, well, so the cold open of this episode is, surprise, a woman being murdered. <laughs> um, it's murder. Yep. Murder again. Every time. Uh, she appears to be strangled with her own pearl necklace uh, and then stabbed with, like, a hat pin. And it's definitely someone she knows who she's, like, actively accusing of something. Yeah, she's like, we need to talk. I know what you're up to. The game is up. It's funny because, like, I think if you were planning on confronting someone about something, you wouldn't expect them to murder you, like, to get so angry that they murdered you, you know? No, probably not. If you expected that, you probably wouldn't confront them. Yeah, you might just call the police or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I also like to note in this scene that this woman, the murder victim, is, like, such a, like, she's not going to win any Emmys for this performance. <laughs> like, True. Yeah. There is definitely a community theater aspect to her, like, little confrontation. Yeah, it does have that air about it. Yeah. Probably, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, she does die in the first, like, minute of the show, so. <laughs> so, not a big star. No. <laughs> um, well, anyway, in the next scene, uh, Miss Fisher and Dot are being fitted at a salon. Miss Fisher is getting an evening gown and Dot for a practical suit. Um, <laughs> you could be and, married or buried in a quality suit. Yeah, and those are words to live by. Real wisdom there. Aren't they, though? And I don't like the suit. It's not great. It's fine. I don't really like Friday's dress. Yeah, you it's know. It's a little garish. Yeah, and for an episode about a fashion house, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the fashion in this episode, frankly. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, also in this scene, we witness the two sisters who own the salon arguing just a little bit, just sniping at each other a tiny bit. Yeah, more of that to come in every scene where either of them are there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so the next, there's a scream. The body is discovered. Um, it turns out the victim is Francis Wilde, a customer and main investor in the salon, and a man who we later learn is her husband is, like, overcome with shock. Um, and a blonde lady is giving him some sort of hands-on comfort. She's just rubbing his <laughs> shoulders pretty aggressively. Hands-on hands comfort, yeah. <laughs> 
I well, I guess I already said that you can be married or buried in a quality suit. This is pre-murder discovery. But my question is, is that a selling point? Like, does that make you want to buy the suit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess because, you know, it's it's good value for your money. You can wear that to all sorts of different occasions and um you only need one outfit, you know, to buy several different ones, which would cost more. Yeah, I guess. Just doesn't seem like a selling point to me. But, yeah. you know, what do I know? I don't own a quality suit, so. Well, I think that, that that phrase is a lot less true these days. Like, I have no cause to wear a suit ever, so. I mean, I wear a suit to job interviews, but I, like, bought it at H&M, so it definitely doesn't count as quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say H&M is renowned for quality. No, in fact, quite the opposite. Indeed. So, it's murder. It's always murder. <laughs> is, favorite... there, is there a single episode where it isn't murder? No, it's always murder. It's literally in the name of the show. Yeah, Miss Fisher's Criminal Mysteries has less ring to it. Yeah, it's gotta be, it has to be murder. See, I just was thinking maybe there was like one episode where someone faked their own death or something, or, you know, like a kidnapping that we thought was a murder, but it turns out they're alive, or, and no, I just think there's, there's none of that, is there? No, it's, it's always murder. Someone is always dying. Usually multiple people. Well, I mean, what is the murder rate in Melbourne? It must be just sky high. Sky high. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, at the scene of this murder, um, we have a faces very close together instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Jack and Franny are just cozying up over this dead body. There's a pearl that was dropped post-stabbing. Um, Jack quotes some Anthony and Cleopatra. I've written my notes for some reason, meow. <laughs> I could add some wine. <laughs> Yeah, um, and well, it's just, he, he says the quote is he kissed the last of many double kisses. Anyways, I looked it up, and it's a scene about pearls that both apparently Jack and Franny like were able to recall immediately. So they ascertain that uh, Francis was killed with her own hairpin. I think I already said that. This is um, why you should never wear hairpins. Yeah, not sharp ones. I mean, I don't know how many stories I've read in movies I've seen where someone was stabbed with a hairpin or a hat pin. It's like, were they really that sharp? Yeah, I don't... I mean, I guess I've felt a hat pin. All the hairpins that I've used have very, like, they have very dull ends, and you would not be able to kill anyone with them. So. Oh, yeah, like a bobby pin. I mean, it must it must have been a hat pin. It must have been a hat pin, because those are sharp, because they go through the hat. But they refer to it as a hairpin, so I don't know. Interesting. Well, anyway, they decide that whoever killed her could still be there. So, like, lock the doors. It's a game of Clue. Or at least I wanted it to be, and it's not really. They just kind of search everyone and then leave. (laughs) The killer is still in the building. Yeah. Which means that it's time once again to search the ladies, folks. We gotta search those ladies. I love how Phryne, like, very provocatively suggests that her and Dot will need to be searched as well. Because <laughs> Jack's like, well, you guys can, you should search the ladies. And then she's like, but who's going to search us? <laughs> yeah, you'd think that some people would be like, oh, well, you obviously don't need to search us because we're we're out of the running. But she's like relishing it. She's like, yep, I'll just lift that skirt right up, show you my garters. I'm ready <laughs> for it. There's a dagger in there. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to think, what other clues are there in this scene? The blonde, okay, yes. the blonde woman, Violet, and the model, Genevieve, noticed the purple pearls on the victim when she came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Madame Fleury wants the salon catalog locked away. Um, Which seems like a clue, but isn't really one. Well, it, it's more to indicate that the catalog is important. Right. Yes. 
Um, and we also learn that the seamstress Violet um, claims that she was pressing uh, Mrs. Wilde's frock while she looked through the catalog, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> More on that to come. But I think that's the um, that's the only clues we get in this scene. Yeah. And then um, Hugh admires Genevieve's assets. Um, <laughs> and also Dot's new suit, but not quite to the same degree. The admiration is, is some contrast there. Yeah, it's not really... Um... Not really the same, and I love his description of Genevieve's top, where he's like, it had little like things on it that moved when she walked. <laughs> this whole bit of like Hugh and Dot talking about Dot's clothes, I find really adorable. Oh, it's really funny. Yeah, I feel so bad for Dot. I feel like, I mean, you know, fictional Dot, not actual actress, but right, I right. feel like fictional Dot was born in the wrong era because, like, she has the figure of a 50s pinup girl, you know? Oh, yeah. And she just has to live in this era where she wears these, like, sack dresses all the time, which are just not flattering on her, you know? Yeah. Also, oh, wait, what? Someone just tagged us in a post on Tumblr that, um, I'm going to pull it up because it had a scene, it was like a text post, um, and one of them is dot standing in a mirror and the caption is do your boobs ever just like not match your outfit like does that make sense to anyone else (laughs) (laughs) yes absolutely i completely (laughs) sympathize with this problem (laughs) and it's also yeah definitely the problem that dot is having in a lot of her outfits (laughs) oh my god that's so funny I feel like they probably talked about this a lot on set, too. Like, they probably were just like, bring it out another burlap bag for Dot to put on. And oh, Ashley no. Cummings was just like, ugh, again. <laughs> <laughs> See, she belongs on, on Miss Fisher's modern mysteries, you know? It's a Ooh, better I era. she'll be a character in that. Yeah. I'm she's younger curious. than Miss Fisher, so presumably she'd still be around. Yeah. Guess we'll find out. I'm pretty excited, actually. I'm very excited. I'm a little concerned. I don't know how we're going to get it in the U.S., but I'm sure we'll find a way. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. Because <laughs> it's going to air in Australia, so I don't know, like, I don't know if we'll be able to watch it as soon as it airs, but... Um, alright, so then, at City South, Hugh, again, admiring Genevieve's outfit, Miss Fisher and Dot decide to hang around um, and take a look around the salon while everyone else goes down to the station, um, and they find some clues. There's a glass with lipstick on it, which, to be honest, is, you know, that's how I identify my cup at parties, honestly. <laughs> What if there's other people wearing lipstick at the party? Um, good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, they test the camera. Um, they creep around the sewing room and discover that Violet lied about ironing Mrs. Wilde's frock because the iron is cold. Lastly, they find a bouquet of roses outside the salon from a GM. And Bert and Sess are sent off to develop the plates from the camera um, to find out who sent the flowers. And also, they do a bit of um, sort of looking through the catalog and admiring the lingerie. The lingerie, yeah, that part's funny. <laughs> um, so when they're searching the camera, because um, Renee, Madame Fleury's sister, says that she was distracted while Mrs. Wilde was being um, killed because her camera was jammed, but uh, Franny takes a picture of Dot, no problem. So <laughs> that is definitely a clue. Well, 
it it's sort of a red herring but it's annoying that we never get to see the picture of dot either i know i was thinking that too i was like i really wish we could see it although dot is like deeply uncomfortable and my thought is that maybe father grogan is also against cameras (laughs) yeah well i mean haven't you heard that if you take a picture of someone you can actually steal their soul wow i hadn't heard that but no more pictures for me yeah i have a whole album of souls on my phone in google photos it is creepy in Google Photos where you can f- search for someone by their face. It is absolutely creepy. And also, Google Photos recognizes my cat, and every few months it puts together a little movie for me with all the pictures I've taken of my cat. The Anyways, future is now. <laughs> Father Grogan probably doesn't approve of cameras and definitely won't approve of smartphones. Oh my gosh, definitely not. I mean, he probably can't even imagine a world in which people are sending each other nudes. Oh. <sighs> I really can't quite imagine that world, but I'm an old woman, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm also on the cusp of just not quite understanding that. But, you know, listeners, if, if you do, feel free to send us your thoughts, but please don't send us your nudes. Yeah, we don't need those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, Donna- um, Wait, so the other thing that they discover at the salon is they find a champagne glass in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yes. With no lipstick. That must be Aubrey's. And he says that he was just in the salon the whole time. So he's also, everyone's lying about where they were when this woman was killed, basically. Why are they all lying about such easily verifiable things? Well, because they're stupid. And it wouldn't be a very good show if, if not. And I don't think they realized how good of an investigator Franny is. So they can just like, you know, they'll just tell their little, like all the lies are pretty little. Like Violet was just pressing a frock. And like if Franny hadn't gone back to the studio, she might not have realized that the iron, like if, if Jack and Hugh went back after they had interviewed everyone at the station, they might not have noticed that. Yeah, that's men, true. So they might not have noticed it at all. Probably never used an iron in their lives. I'm sure they yeah. send their shirts away to a laundry. Exactly. So, again, I feel like the theme of this episode is that Franny does all of the work. She really does. <laughs> um, so, at the station, um, some suspects are being interviewed. Um, I cannot remember the name of the younger sister, so I referred to her throughout as Fleury Jr. <laughs> it's Renee. Renee, right. Okay, so Renee and... Madame Fleury have a little bit of a tiff while they're being questioned at the station. It sounds like Renee wants more contemporary styles and the salon has some dwindling clientele. Um, And also, Madame Fleury had an argument with the victim before she was killed. So that's suspicious. (laughs) Drama! Yep. Um, And then further, we find out that Violet, the assistant, seems like she might be lying about her timelines with the ironing, the pleats, etc. And then finally, each pearl is worth a thousand pounds. Which is absurd. I didn't even do the conversion because it seems ridiculous. I mean, like, how much is that? Too much. But they were really rare, cool pearls. I mean, they're quite beautiful, so. How many pearls do you think were on that chain? Oh, at least like 50, right? You know what? I have to do the conversion. I can't, I can't not do it. Please hold. I mean, it had to be more than 50, like, like maybe a hundred? Yeah, it was a pretty long chain of pearls. That's $80,000. $80,000 a pearl. That's just absurd. I feel like they were fudging the numbers there. Yeah, that can't be right. So in well, American less- in American dollars, that's $57,000 per pearl. But maybe they meant British pounds. Maybe they actually meant pounds. Well, this calculator that I have, um, it, it's you have to put the starting value in at pounds and the ending value in at dollars. So I think maybe they just converted their currency at some point. Hmm. Um, I see, I see. In Australia, like they were using the pound and then they got their own currency. Yes. So if okay. we say there are 50 pearls on that chain, 
Um, that is like almost $3 million, which is ridiculous. Wow. I just so don't think. So you would just be wearing that to like the dressmakers for a yeah. fitting. Yeah. I think that what is more likely is that the show just ignored inflation and they were trying to get us to think it was a thousand like pounds in today's dollars. Um, okay. So the other thing we find out in this scene is that in the fight between the sisters, Renee says that Aubrey thought some of the designs were too conservative. Mm. And Madame Fleur is like, but what would he know? Blah, 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 blah. Francis was delighted. But the, the key piece of information is that Aubrey and Renee are in cahoots. About exactly. Pret-a-porter. Indeed. And what would he know? Didn't you see that pinstripe double-breasted suit he had on? He's a man of style and substance. Maybe not substance. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, style, sure. I don't know about substance. <laughs> <laughs> he does have very poofy hair, which I he assume does. is stylish. Anyway. Yes. It's full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get a little scene with Dot and Hugh, and Dot is just pissed at him. Um, he really tries to deflect. Uh, totally unsuccessful. Um, I think the scene is so funny, and I love that Dot just, <laughs> she puts up with none of it. She is just totally, like, fine. I'm yeah, leaving. He's like, he's, like, trying to, like, compliment her detecting skills, and she's just like, yeah, but what did you think of my suit? <laughs> Way to go, Dot. Yes, I I feel like I very much, uh, like, can sympathize with this feeling of, like, just really wanting someone to notice something about you that they just are not. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, it's very well done, too. It's, like, very palpable where you're like, oh, I'm so frustrating. Yes. (laughs) All I wanted you to say was that the suit looked great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 100%. You know that saying you're supposed to tell a smart girl that she's pretty and a pretty girl that she's smart? It's, it's I kind of. I don't know that saying. You don't know that saying? No, well, but now I do. I mean, it's actually a bit insulting, frankly, but it is true for me. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> like, I know I'm smart, but how did my suit look? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that I'm smart is a given, but what I really want you to tell me is that I look great, too. <laughs> Exactly. This is a total package here. <laughs> and how does the outer packaging look on the package? Please let yeah. me know. <laughs> uh, you don't need to tell me I'm smart because I know I'm smart. <laughs> um, so then back to the Madame Fleury interrogation. Um, she reveals that she did argue with Frances Wilde, and it was because Frances Wilde wanted her to fire the model Genevieve, um, whom she suspected of cheating uh, with her husband. <gasps> Scandal. And also it seems like there was some disagreement about how she was running the business. Blah, blah, blah. And there was a slap. And then, yeah, I have an all cap. She slapped her. (laughs) How shocking. It is kind of shocking. Can you imagine slapping your main investor? No. Be like slapping your boss. Yeah, I just can't even. I can't even. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. I've never slapped anyone in, in, in any sort of serious manner. I've done a lot of you know, exaggerated mock slaps. Yeah, that's a good point. I have never slapped anyone. Maybe, like, when I was a kid, like, yeah. slapped my brother or something, but, like, that's different. Yeah, I feel like when I was a kid, if someone was bothering me, I might have slapped him away. Anyways, anyway. Madame Fleury, she pulled out the slap, so. Yeah, well, don't mess, don't mess with a fashionista. <laughs> she does, she's a designer. Yeah, it's a very, you know, creative personality. <laughs> 
Um, so next up in the interrogation room is Genevieve, who thinks Audrey Wilde is a gold digger. And gross, she's a boyfriend in Paris. She would never cheat with someone like that. Oh, yeah, the old boyfriend in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we well, all tell- have a boyfriend in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name again? What street does he live on? Hmm. <laughs> He's my boyfriend who lives in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, it was always we would always tease people about having a boyfriend in Canada. Yeah, they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'm you know writing with someone in Canada." It's like, "Oh yeah, I bet you are. I bet you have a boyfriend in Canada." <laughs> well, that's what that song I was singing was, you know, from Avenue Q. No, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Oh no, I totally missed that pop culture reference. Apologies. No. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then also we find out that. Uh, Aubrey told his wife that he thought Genevieve was too old for modeling. <gasps> and Defense. Yeah, honestly, she does look a little older. Not that, like, I think there should be an age limit on modeling, but she doesn't she, she yeah. doesn't seem like a spring chicken. No, I don't think so. Um, but it's also, like, she's a house model for, like, I don't know. Yeah. She seems like the right age for the job that she has. Yeah, it's not like she's, like, an like, Instagram model promoting the fire Festival. <laughs> No, it's a little different. And, yeah. like, most of the clientele seems to be a little older, so. Although, I mean, one thing they have in common, though, is that the Fire Festival also stole a bunch of money from people. So, in a way, it is related. She is basically an Instagram model for <laughs> the Fire Festival. Ugh, I would never have an affair. Everyone knows I'm an Instagram influencer. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Influencer is the correct term. <laughs> um... So then back at Shea Fisher, uh, some theories are being discussed with Jack. Further proof that um, Miss Fisher's just doing all the work because they're, like, reconning about the case in her parlor again. And they, I also know that they have very generous drinks poured. It's like a full glass of whiskey. I didn't notice that. Is it the evening? It must be. It must, yeah, they have, it's like full tumblers of drinks. Hmm. As they review the catalog. Yes, and they basically just discuss who they think it could be. They go through the rundown of all of the suspects, and they all seem to be suspicious characters. They're all lying. Yeah. Could it be Colonel Mustard in the parlor with the hat pin? Or perhaps, I can't remember any of the other characters from Clue. Oh, I just played this um, over Christmas. There's Professor Plum, Miss Scarlet, Mrs. White, Colonel Mustard, Professor Plum, Mr. Green, and Mrs. Peacock. Mrs. Peacock. That would be Miss Fisher. She would be Mrs. Peacock. Actually, I think she would be Miss Scarlet. Miss yeah, Scarlet is the, is the sexy one. Okay, you're right. <laughs> there should be a Miss Fisher themed clue release. Oh, yes. I'll start that. That would be amazing. Me. Yes, okay. <laughs> um, so then next up uh, in Miss Fisher's room, Dot is sort of trying some spins with Miss Fisher's fancy dresses when she gets <laughs> caught doing this, and Miss Fisher gives her a little bit of a feminist pep talk on the topic of dress. Uh, a woman it, should dress first and foremost for her own pleasure. If these things happen to appeal to men, that really is a side issue. It's a terrific, it's terrific advice, truly. Just great. And then she orders her to buy an evening gown. And I mean, I wish someone would order me to, to order an over-the-top evening gown. For work, you know, for business purposes. Yeah, and I mean, it's not a request, it's, it's an order. What if you came to work one day and your boss was just like, today, what I really need you to do, this is number one priority, top, top of the list. You need to go to this couture fashion house and be fitted 
for a frivolous evening gown that you then get to keep at the end. I can tell you exactly what I would think if that happened. I would think that I was being sexually harassed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that takes all the fun out of it. If my boss was a lady, maybe. Either way, I would find it quite strange. (laughs) Also, I don't think my boss would ever do that. I want to be clear about the fact that 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 would not happen. Of course. Right. I guess I've had a string of female bosses. So in my mind, the boss is a lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, the CEO of my company is a very fashionable lady. And I will never forget when she had like a broken ankle and she walked around for a while with a cast on one foot and a Gucci heel on the other. <laughs> Can you imagine? Amazing. Yes. Amazing. I mean, no, that's, I can't. <laughs> that's something to aspire to. Like, iconic right there. Yeah, I don't know if I'd aspire to that, but that's because I hate wearing heels, so. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> um, all right, so, um. Jack is interviewing Aubrey. Right, yes, back at City South. Aub- or no, uh, sorry, no, this at is the at estate. Aubrey's house. Yeah. yeah, at Aubrey's house. Um, and he actually seems pretty legit in this scene. He comes off as just not lying at all. Yeah, his hair is very poofy. But his I jacket is very fine. silly. Yes, but he denies an affair and, yeah, seems pretty earnest. And I think Jack realizes that he's telling the truth, so. He is lying about the affair, but it's not with the model, so. Right, he, yeah, he denies the affair with Genevieve. (laughs) He's not lying about that. (laughs) I did think the affair with Violet was sort of an extraneous plot point. I was like, why? Why did that need to be part of this? Yeah, it was a little extra. They didn't really flesh that out as much as I would have wanted them to. You know, and then she just, like, kind of dies and he doesn't even seem upset about it. And, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm like, I don't, this didn't need to be part of it, but whatever. It was. I think it's just a red herring. Yeah, I guess. But I would have found it, the whole episode, more appealing if he had, in fact, not been having an affair at all and was not a gold digger and really was just in love with an older woman. That would have been more appealing to me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I wish that, that I hadn't been part of it. Hmm. Well, what can you do? Nothing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what you can do. You can start a podcast about it where you have a whole discussion on the topic. <laughs> oh, wait, we already did that. Great. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, so then back at City South, we find out that in her handbag, Frances Wilde had a canceled check, which was meant for an apartment. Time to investigate. It's a clue! (laughs) Turns out that Aubrey was trying to pull a fast one and get an apartment for his quote-unquote wife, who was in fact not Mrs. Wilde, but a younger woman. Easy on the eyes. Yeah, Jack goes to interview the landlord, and I love the way this actor is pretty good, the way he delivers the line that she was easy on the eyes is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) He just sort of like gives this little look to Jack, and then Jack is really confused because he's picturing this like old woman. <laughs> it's pretty good. So then back at the salon, um, Dot and Miss Fisher show up to make an appointment, but it's also just an excuse for Miss Fisher to snoop around and return the catalog to its cabinet, which she had previously robbed it from. Yes, and yeah, she's just snooping. And and Genevieve seems to be like sort of aware that she's snooping and keeps trying to like say, like, where Miss Fisher and Dot is like, you know, doing her job and she's like, No, no, she's like, anyways. Chats her up, tell her how great she looks, all that stuff. Classic, classic technique. So then uh, Miss Dot goes in for her consultation with the Fleury sisters who argue in front of her. And she just wants to look pretty, damn it. She doesn't need this drama in her life, you know? I know. And then Madame Fleury just, uh, 
She's like, your style, Miss Williams, is a suit. And it makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, I do respect having a style. You know, sometimes I, I'm feeling <laughs> like I want to splash out and, and try something kind of weird. And then I think to myself, is that your style? No. No ruffles, Mackenzie. No ruffles. Yeah. No, that's probably smart. My problem is that my style is just like jeans, a t-shirt, and a flannel. And that's not really a style. <laughs> this is why I signed up for Stitch Fix. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working. <laughs> and if Stitch Fix would like to sponsor us, we are here for that. <laughs> Waiting for that check. <laughs> Happily. Happily. Um, and I noted that I'm kind of surprised that this little tiff they have actually reduces Dot to tears. But I guess she's feeling sensitive. You know, like, oh, I would yeah. probably be upset if I caught my boyfriend checking out another woman and then he was sort of bumbling about complimenting my appearance. Um, yeah, I'd be, that would be really, really tough. And then to be just told that your, your style is, is a suit after, you know, being ordered by your boss to order an evening dress. Yeah. Well, she gets the last word in the end. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and while this is going down, Miss Fisher finds Violet asleep in the sewing room. And Violet's definitely hiding something. Uh, she's definitely hiding a package as well. Um, and she's just so busy, blah, 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 finishing this beaded evening gown, which does indeed look like it involved quite a bit of work. Oh, um, yeah. I have no doubt that Violet was, was working working hard. Yeah. Um, and it turns out Miss Fisher wants her followed to the post office to see what the package is. Uh, they also discover many clients have left the salon and... Um, they're going to have to investigate this at the beauty salon. Tough life. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Maybe this is why Franny had to take the lead on this investigation. <laughs> Although, I would like a scene of Jack getting a pedicure. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that. Or with cucumbers over his eyes. Oh, it'd be amazing. Maybe Hope in the movie. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's in the movie. I've got a long list of things that I had better be in the movie, and they've already wrapped filming, so I don't know if they're listening, but maybe we can get some CGI cucumbers over his eyes or something. <sighs> yeah, well, maybe you should have been a, a more heavily invested in the Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure even at the highest level of contribution, all you got was to be an extra. <laughs> Oh, so you're saying you wouldn't have gotten to have a, a wish list of things you wanted to see in the movie just put in? Oh, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I think I'd have to have much deeper pockets for that kind of influence. <laughs> well, there's always fan fiction, so. Exactly. <laughs> Please give me the Jack at the Beauty Salon fan fiction that I am clamoring for, listeners. Send it my way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so also we learned that Friday snooped through the register and didn't see anyone with the initials GM that were on the flowers. Right. But she did find a lot of unpaid bills and high profile clients with their names struck out. You know, and I'm kind of confused. We could talk about this more in the next scene at the beauty salon where she interviews some of those people that have canceled. But I'm confused about why these people canceled. Like, it sounds like a lot of them were saying that they couldn't, they called for appointments and they couldn't be fit in. And that is not explained why that is the case. I was thinking about that too. I was trying to figure out if Genevieve was denying them appointments because it seemed like she kind of was running the front desk. And because she didn't want them to like, connect their the loss of their jewels with the gown that they were getting made but then like i don't understand that doesn't make sense i don't know it's it's a little weird yeah 
Or if Renee was trying, was telling her to turn clients away because she wanted to get her Pret-a-Porter business off the ground and it's a stronger case if you're losing clients, but that doesn't really make sense either because it seems like you'd still want clients. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just that each dress took so much time that they just didn't have enough resources to, to actually serve all their clients. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's just I, yeah, really they, not it's addressed. Not really, yeah, they don't really explain that. But at the beauty salon, there is a common thread, which is that some of the customers have been robbed. Yes. And uh, several of them know that they were specifically getting a dress made to match some jewelry. Exactly. Yes. Which is um, hilariously extravagant in my mind. But of course, I don't own any expensive jewelry. So if I were to get a dress made to match my plastic necklace from <laughs> J. Crew factory, that would obviously be ridiculous. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, no jewelry worth having an outfit made around. <laughs> so then um, next up, Renee Fleury comes to Shea Fisher so that they can confront her about her affair with Aubrey, um, which turns out to not be an affair at all, but actually their secret plan to open a new fashion house, which is actually quite cute, I think. I thought so, too. I was like, oh... Like, they were just trying to, like, start this business together, and I don't know. Yes. Um, and she reveals that he did, in fact, leave the lounge, which they already knew because of his champagne glass. Right. Um, but she confirms that, so time to haul him in. Um, and she also admits that there was nothing wrong with the camera. Um, she was just upset about the apartment being canceled, um, and, yeah, it's just sad. Yeah. And I just, um, I like her outfit in this scene and in all scenes. I think she's uh, the better dressed Fleury sister. Interesting. See, I I thought Madame Fleury had a certain elegance and I don't know, maybe it was just sort of the way the actress carried herself, but. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought that, yeah, the actress did have sort of an air of elegance, but she yeah. just sort of wears a lot of black and like hats mm-hmm. that I don't like. Well, to each their own. Some of us, you know, like the, the higher class styles, so. <laughs> Yeah, I bet. Yeah, you only wear bespoke clothing. No ready to wear in your closet. None. None. Every piece is custom made. Is that a crew neck sweatshirt you're wearing that I can see down the... Um, this is handmade by an artisan, um, a local artisan here. Oh, that, yeah? That, um... So, we got a question, Aubrey, again, and he reveals that he was, in fact, in the sewing room with Violet during the murder. Chicka wow wow. He's so whiny in the scene, too. He's like... And then the part where he's like, do you really think I would kill my wife over a girl like Violet? It's like, well, no, I guess not. But I do really think that you're a huge dick for saying that. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It was a mere dalliance. See, I was like starting to like him and then I'm like, no. no." Yeah. I mean, obviously she's a super hard worker. She's like pulling double shifts, doing all this hand beating and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, he's a dick. Um, Established. Not a murderer, but... Yeah. And Violet's having a bad day because next up, Bert and Sess intercept her and steal her package, which is pretty rude. Very rude. Um, They bring him back to the house, and we find out that the package contains several evening dresses that are a match for one in the catalog. Um, (gasps) Yes. Also, Bert and Sess discovered that the flowers were ordered by Gary and Molly next, and the package might also be addressed to them. Hard to tell. But Dot's going to dry that label out. <laughs> so, Madame Fleury is called in to inspect the dresses, and she has a little hissy fit. They made some modern twists to the dress. 
in and very poor taste. <laughs> also, we find out that Lady Archdale canceled her order. Disaster. <laughs> and Madame Fleury is convinced it's sabotage. You know, I would think you would have to put a deposit in on a complicated dress like that with all that beating. You can't just cancel something like that. Yeah, seriously. Why would they have... They, yeah, but maybe the deposit was in, but the, you know... She canceled on the full sum. Yeah, could be. We don't really get into the accounting of the salon very in-depth. But the dress does find a buyer in the end. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, also, Phryne asks her about Mr. and Mrs. Nex, but she doesn't know who they are. And then Phryne declares that nocturnal investigations are in order. And so you know what that means. The beret! <laughs> Um, but first, Hugh drops by to right some of his wrongs. <laughs> um, and unfortunately, he bluffs himself into a corner by revealing that he liked Dot the best in the first outfit he ever saw on her, which turns out to have been a maid's uniform. <laughs> wah, wah. I, love, I love this scene. It's so funny. And oh, she's it's like, so good. All right, Hugh, but what's your favorite outfit? And he's like, everything, everything you wear, Dottie. And she's like, no. I mean, <laughs> A specific answer. And then he gives, like, the worst possible answer. Oh, my God. I need garments. I need colors. I need fabrics. Details. I need you to tell me specifically how good I look (laughs) in a specific piece of clothing. May I make a suggestion, Hugh? There's a brown dress with a very nice mountain pattern around the waistline. (laughs) She wore it last episode. She's worn it several times. This would have been a great option. Yeah, it has a nice neckline. It has a nice waistline. You could have said, Dottie, I love that dress that you wore the day when I was telling you heartfelt um, confidences about my father and my childhood. But no, Hugh doesn't say that. And then Dot concludes that dressing to please a man is definitely beside the point. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, men. Can't live with them. Can't hit them with an axe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so next up, Black Beret is on. Miss Fisher's at the salon. Uh, she's trying to pick the lock to figure out what is going on in the sewing room. She's not quick enough to figure out who is in there, but, um, it looks like whoever it was hid the pearls in some potpourri. Um. Which, I can't, would that work? I don't know. It's like a clear box with potpourri in it. I feel like you would see the pearls, but. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, the best place to hide something is in plain sight true um so they were coming to retrieve those pearls and they missed one of course um and also they took a moment to just knock violet off with her own iron although the autopsy reveals that she was suffocated in a bowl of beads which is just it's weird what a way to go i'm also unclear on how that would actually work because beads by definition have holes in them yeah and also like then why Cosh her with the iron. Like, it was yeah. a pretty deep iron wound. They, like, show it. Anyways, it's a mystery. Yeah. Um, so then the whoever is in the salon locks Miss Fisher in, which is a real weird thing to do. I guess unless you're, you know, you're trying to make a quick getaway, then it makes sense. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Definitely. So. Yep. <laughs> so there's nothing left to do but escape through the window using a bolt of fabric. And, uh... <laughs> Not quite enough fabric, as it turns out. Which is, like, that would have been obvious before she climbed down. So it's funny that she's just, like, hanging from it as if she's surprised that it didn't reach the ground. Well, maybe she thought she could drop, and then she realized it was a little bit further than it looked, (laughs) you know, out the window. Well, luckily... luckily, 
Jack, <laughs> you arrive to the rescue. Um, yeah, one of the few things that, that Jack does in this episode. That's true. Although we don't get to see them fetching her down, so I'm unclear on how that happens. Hopefully she just sort of drops effortlessly into Jack's arms. Yeah, I feel like she's a little high for that, and I feel like what actually happened is they drove the car underneath her, and she dropped onto the car. Yeah, possibly. <clears throat> well, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, so, at the station, Miss Fisher assures them that she will cover the cost of her escape fabric. Luckily, it's her style. <laughs> and I ask myself, is it really, though? It's not. It's like, it's not. I don't think so. So, at the morgue, um, we cover the smothered in a bowl of beads situation. <laughs> wait, also, wait, before, back at the station, I like how Friday, like, produces the pearl she found from her bra. She's always pulling stuff out of her bra to give to Jack. Well, yeah. Anyways. That's the kind of thing I would have thought was really cool to do, like, sexy to do in, like, high school. Like, oh, <laughs> yes, I have some cash here in my bra. Isn't that attractive? And it's actually just, like, wilted and, like, sweaty. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried the, the store and the thing in the bra a few times, and then it just gets too sweaty. <laughs> it's just not practical. Anyways. Um, so then at the morgue, the victim smothered in a bowl of beads situation is covered. Um, again, I don't think that's possible. And also, uh, it seems like Violet had an accomplice in making the extra dresses. I have that in my notes. I don't know why. Well, so she, it shows that she was being paid handsomely for her extra work mm, in her, yes. like, chat, her account book. And so then Friday's like, it was probably Renee was behind the dresses since it was, like, kind of a modern take on the dress. So. Yes. True. They're putting that, that little connection together. Yes. And so then at the salon, Renee admits towards working, that she's working towards establishing her own salon with the knockoff dresses. Um, and then Phryne notices potpourri sprinkled around the camera. She pulls the back off the camera and the pearls pour out. Oof. Why would you hide pearls in a camera? Also, they were already hidden in the box of potpourri. So presumably, Genevieve has gone back to retrieve the pearls which she hid in the potpourri, and then being discovered a second time, she once again hides the pearls in the camera in this the camera. time. Instead of just trying to make a quick escape. It doesn't make a lot of sense, unless why? you're thinking about the pacing of an episode of a murder mystery. But why would they just take, why didn't she just take the box, the potpourri container? with her. Yeah, absolutely unclear. Like, how did she transport all of these pearls from the, the potpourri to the camera? Did she have a bag? And then why wouldn't she just take the bag of the pearls with her? Yeah, and why did, was there only potpourri scattered around the camera and no pearls at all? Well, but maybe the pearls, because like she was smuggling the jewelry out in the dresses. So presumably the idea was to incorporate the pearls into a dress. Yes. Maybe they needed to stay in the salon. It's absolutely I, unclear. But I don't know why they couldn't have just stayed in the potpourri. Unless Violet... I don't know. Perhaps... Unless Violet had put them in the camera? Uh, I don't know. Because I don't think Violet... Violet is not really in on the theft. But she was definitely sewing the jewels onto the dress. Yeah, so... But it's never established the link there. Like, I kind of thought, you know, Genevieve was giving her this stuff to sew onto the dresses... And saying, like, oh, it's just rhinestones or whatever. And well, Violet no, was I like... Think, no, I think she did know about the smuggling because Genevieve was sort of, like, blackmailing her to say, I'm going to I'm gonna tell Madame Fleury what you're doing unless you help me smuggle these jewels out of the country. So I think huh. Violet really definitely knew about the jewel thief ring. 
Okay. About the affair. She was blackmailing her about the affair with Aubrey? Or, oh, no, about, no, 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 about, no, no, about the about moonlighting. The, okay. Yeah, about the moonlighting. And then the reason that Genevieve killed her was because she thought that Genevieve, or that Violet had told uh, Mrs. Wilde about it. Yes. So, anyways, more on that later, because I do I do that in my further recap. And I also think it's important to note here that it is possible that Genevieve scattered the potpourri around the camera because she was setting the stage for a romantic date. Maybe. Like, imagine it was she was bringing her prom date back to the hotel room for, like, a loss of virginity scene. Rose petals. Uh, I, um, yeah. No, that's a definite, definite um, viable alternate theory. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of good ones. Remember the eucalyptus flower? I think it's possible. <laughs> How could I forget? Anyways, so the pearls are in the camera for whatever reason. It makes for a dramatic, like, uh, waterfall of pearls, so. Yes. It is pretty funny. Yes. Um, so then back at City South, Renee is questioned about the package of dresses, and it's revealed that they were being sent to the department store at Galerie Molino, which sort of sounds like Gary and Molly know, or next. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I love in the scene, Jack is like leaning on the windowsill, just watching Friday question. <laughs> and this is what I realized. I was like, Jack has really just been doing a lot of watching Friday this episode. You know, it sort of reminds me of when I was working as an organizer and I was encouraged to hire many interns to do additional work for me. Classic unpaid interns doing lots of labor. Um, which was shitty, but um, I discovered that the, I could actually just get the interns to do most of my job, and then that's, I would just sort of relax. I think that's definitely illegal. Oh, I think so, too, and I feel bad about it, but I was also being paid an extremely low wage, so. Right, right. I'm just saying, like, the whole point of the unpaid intern is you can't actually give them work that a, a paid employee is supposed to be doing. Right. Anyways. Well, I gave them work that I was supposed to be doing, and they did it. <laughs> So basically, you're saying that Jack is treating Franny like an unpaid intern in a canvas office? Yeah, I mean, is anyone paying her in this episode? No one hires her to solve this murder. I imagine that she gets some sort of kickback from Madame Fleury. Like a free dress, probably. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, Dot notices that the dresses seem to have unusually sparkly gems on them. Could those be real sapphires? <laughs> oh, yes. I just think, I literally wrote in my notes, this is a bit fucking dumb. Because I think it's a little silly to smuggle dresses, or smuggle jewels out by sewing them onto dresses. It's like, I I mean, and you just snip them all off when they arrive at the destination and then still sell the dresses? Like, what? Yeah, and also, like, how are these jewels, do they all have, little, like, convenient little holes in them? Like, beads? Like, I don't think, like, jewels are put in settings. Although maybe they were, they were being sewed to the dress in the setting. Yeah, maybe. I be. don't own any jewels, so I don't really know how that would work, but... Yeah, also don't own any jewels. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, it makes for a nice little side plot. Um, yeah, that's what they were doing, so... Yes. Um, so then it turns out that six clients from the salon had jewelry stolen, and there was a string of similar crimes in Sydney previously. Um <laughs> I've just written here, fashion victims. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Literally. Uh, and then Miss Fisher uh, asks Jack if she's ever shown him her Colombian emeralds, which is a fantastic... 
Yeah. She just says it very suggestively, like, well, standing up and sort of opening her coat. (laughs) (laughs) And Jack is just, like, a little bit mesmerized. Yeah, it's one of those classic scenes where, like, it's just kind of like, He's sitting and she's standing suggestively in front of him. Oh, yes. They love the crotchet eye level gag in this show. They use it several times. I think it's not overused. They use it just enough and I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. Um, So then at the fashion house, Miss Fisher is flashing her emeralds around and pretends that she'll be going out of town and obviously won't be bringing the necklace with her. So it'll just be sitting at the house all alone, unguarded. Oh. Um, and I think uh, in this scene, Aubrey seems quite disinterested in the jewels, so it's it's likely not him. That's what they're yeah, trying to establish. Yeah, he's like really cranky and not interested, and like yeah, his wife and his mistress were just killed in a matter of days, so I can understand <laughs> why he might be a, a little distant. Yeah, yeah, it's like weird that he's even there. Honestly, it's like why why would you be at a dress fitting after the death of your wife? <laughs> Oh, because he's an investor in the salon? Yeah. I I guess so. I would have been like, listen, lady, I don't give two shits about your Colombian emeralds, okay? (laughs) To plan a funeral. (laughs) But anyway. we get this really funny scene back at the ranch where Jack and Friday are having a little picnic stakeout in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I had completely forgotten that this scene was in this episode, but it's such a good one. It's so good. I feel like the showrunners just put this in as, like, it's just, like, fan bait. Oh, it's, yeah. And they're just, like, eating in a really, like, Friday keeps offering him things in a very suggestive manner, and they're, like, inches apart from each other, and you're like, come on! Oh, my God. There's got to be, like, an alternative ending fan fiction of this scene where they just, like, have sex in the closet. Yeah, there probably is. Sounds pretty hot, frankly. Again, readers, send it my way. (laughs) I don't want to announce my archive of our own handle on here publicly because that's embarrassing, but uh, if you send me the fic. Anyway, um, so they're in the closet. There's some cottage pie. <laughs> and then the, and the phone rings. No, yeah. the phone rings. And Jack's like, maybe we should answer it. And I'm like, Jack, you are a police officer. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's pretty unimpressive, frankly. He's obviously feeling the tension in the closet, and he's just like, I can't tell if I want to get out of here or just take off my jacket. (laughs) He's like, maybe we should answer that phone. (laughs) It's like, focus! You're staking out a a potential robbery. You don't answer the phone. (laughs) I picture him chasing after the thief, a.k.a. Genevieve, just with his fingers covered in cottage pie, which I don't even know what cottage pie is, but I'm picturing him with cottage cheese hands, like, stop right there, you know? I don't think cottage pie has anything to do with cottage cheese. I think it's like a savory pie. Hmm. I prefer to continue thinking of it as a pie filled with cottage cheese. (laughs) Sounds disgusting. Yeah, it is gross, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, like you just cut into it. It's just cottage cheese. Just imagine just scooping up cottage cheese with your fingers. Right out of somebody's lap. No! (laughs) In a closet. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so anyways, someone, someone sneaks in after the phone rings. So Jack sneaks up the front stairs. Friday sneaks up the back. And there's someone with a flashlight in Phryne's bedroom, and a hooded figure is creeping. And then Phryne pounces, and a fight ensues. I love it because she says earlier that the thief is almost a match for her. And in this scene, um, she is she almost does overpower Miss mm-hmm. Fisher, so I like that little tie-in. 
Yes, definitely. Also, update, I have just Googled what cottage pie is, and it is, in fact, shepherd's pie. So there would be some some sloppy scooping happening. Mashed potatoes, yeah, ground beef. Not cottage cheese. <laughs> Still, I mean... <laughs> I just, I don't think, I don't, I mean, imagine Jack scooping up a handful of mashed potatoes and then eating it out of his hand. He wouldn't do it. He's far too dignified. Put a frying fat into it. Give us the deleted scenes. <laughs> Failing the deleted scenes, the fan fiction. <laughs> Well, the thief is Genevieve. Yes. Uh, Jack arrives with his gun drawn, but just after Friday has subdued Genevieve. She's on top. She's got of course. down. He always arrives with gun drawn just when she's he yeah. no longer is needed. Exactly. Uh, but yes, it's Genevieve. What if I was, unbeknownst to you, actually a jewel thief? Um, That would be just about the most unbelievable thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> Actually a jewel thief. Actually a jewel thief. And it's funny because, see, it's, you're, like, my best friend, and you don't think I would be a jewel thief, so it's the perfect crime. The perfect crime. Because <laughs> no one would expect <laughs> me to be a jewel thief. Oh, my God. What a disaster that would be for the podcast if you got arrested. <laughs> You'd have to find another host. Or maybe I could just use all my prison, like, phone time to record the podcast. They oh, my God. so... <laughs> Can you imagine us recording the podcast through prison phones? <laughs> It'd be like, like, serial. Sorry, we can cut that, but... Collect call from... And then it goes from that to, to, like, the intro music. Oh, my God. Every lady needs a hobby from prison. Anyways... <laughs> The prosecution would just have, I mean, they would be playing clips from the podcast to show that you were obsessed with, with crime, you know? Yeah, it's like, now this is a woman who clearly has spent too much time consuming murder mysteries. <laughs> and what you say, that this is not normal behavior. <laughs> oh my god, I hope you're not actually a jewel thief, because if you are, you're doomed. Also, if I was a jewel thief, I'd be living living in a little more luxury than I do now. Well, that's the trick, isn't it? you got to keep it concealed. Yeah, that's, the, that's the trick, yeah. <laughs> okay, well. Anyway. Anyways. So, uh, Genevieve immediately confesses to everything. Ugh, the tearful confession scene. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I'll go through all the details of my, uh my murder recap but basically an arrest ensues and then jack actually does a murder recap for the florice sisters and i think he's after your job no (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) but i guess if i go to prison i'll allow jack to co-host the podcast yep it's the least i could do yes I, frankly, I'm I'm more than happy to have Jack as a guest host on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah we actually just want Nathan Page as a permanent co-host of the podcast. <laughs> and ideally, if he could record um, in person, maybe shirtless. <laughs> I'm his... imagining us sitting, like, in your office recording the podcast and Nathan Page is there, just there, like, without a shirt on. Yeah, and maybe if we could just have 
some our faces are inches apart. We're just sort of like crowded around the microphone. <laughs> I actually think that we would have a lot to talk about because all three of us are cyclists. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> This is creepy. Nathan Page, I respect you. I don't want to objectify you. And I assume you are, in fact, listening to this podcast. So thank you for, <laughs> for being a fan. <laughs> Anytime you want to come on, you, you don't have to take your shirt off. We would love to have you. Yeah. Fully you, clothed. Fully, absolutely fully clothed. Yeah. We promise not to harass you in any manner. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Well, <sighs> anyway... Back at Salon Flurry, a plan is hatched to save the salon. Teamwork. Um, oh wait, wait. Before so, um. Oh wait, maybe this is at the. Fa- I don't know where this is. This is in when Jack's doing his murder recap. But I love where Friday admits that she likes to wear well cut trousers and has also been known to buy de- clothing in department stores. <laughs> you know. I had to respect her for this. I think it's a great strategy to pair low-cost pieces with some higher-end pieces. Oh, yeah. It's, it's smart. It's smart. It's thrifty. Yeah. Uh, the key to Miss Fisher's success, buying some clothing in department stores. Where is she getting these well-cut trousers from if Madame Fleury is not making them? I don't know. Do you think because it's Macy's? I, I don't think they had Macy's in Melbourne in the yeah. 20s. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah, I, that's a good question because, like, obviously Madame Fleury is not making her trousers because they're too modern, but, like... She probably buys them ready to wear and then has Dot tailor them. Yeah, that that would make sense. Huh. Also, if they sold trousers like Miss Fisher wears at Macy's, I would probably shop at Macy's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All um, right, so Phryne steps in to save the, the fashion salon. Indeed. And, and go ahead. This is just a great scene <laughs> where they're like staging a fashion show, and everyone's sort of like already waiting and set up, and it's all like the ladies from the beauty slot. And then Jack and Hugh stride in and like grab some snacks. Like everyone's assembled, they just sort of like strut in and start eating snacks. And I'm like, all right, guys. That's 100 my favorite part when Jack just sort of <laughs> grabs a treat off the tray without even pausing. I mean, man after my own heart there, you know? That's what I would do. I'd probably grab two. Then I'd be like, this one's for a friend. And then I would shove them both in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's like you show up at the event and you're immediately like, food, great. <laughs> um, I gotta say, I don't love either of the outfits that they wear in this scene. Yeah, I mean, Dot's evening gown, it's fine. It's fine, but I don't like the little cape. Like, just let her show her arms. She doesn't always have to be wearing a weird little cape. Yeah. Anyways, the best part about the scene is that as Friday is is walking down the catwalk, Jack is just grinning, and it's really cute. Ugh, it is cute. Um, And I do like, um, I like Renee Fleury's dress in this scene. It's sort of a, like, blue silk bias cut gown. Which is, oh, a, yeah. it's a bit more 1930s, but I guess it was the late 20s, so. Yeah, it's getting, it might be 1929 at this point. Yeah, well, I like it. Yeah. And then back at the ranch, <laughs> there is one of the best scenes. It's a good one. Where Friday is still in her gown, and if I've learned anything from watching America's Next Top Model, sometimes you get to keep the couture gown that you wear in the fashion show. Sometimes you do. And I've learned a lot from watching America's Next Top Model, so. Have you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes. All right, so Friday's still in the gown, and there's a knock 
on the door. Oh, who could it be? It's Jack calling at a very late hour. And he's just, you know, just conveniently stopping by to return her necklace that they, I guess, took as evidence. I Oh, right, because Genevieve was stealing it. Right, yeah, because yeah, she was stealing was, it. Yeah, I was like, why? Did, yeah, duh. <laughs> the pivotal scene of the episode. Um, and then Jack is just blatantly checking Friday out. <laughs> just like several up and down glances. Oh, yeah. This, I mean, this really feels like a turning point because it's sort of the first yes. time that he is just verbally expressing his interest, you know? He's like, yeah. I'm in this game. Yeah, because she's like, a nightcap? And he's like, perhaps another time at a less dangerous hour in a less lethal dress. Which is basically saying like, yeah, I'm DTF. Yep, Maybe. Exactly. Not right now, but eventually. But like, you look damn good in that gown. Exactly. Which is never something he's admitted before, up till now. Yes, that's true. This is definitely a turning point. And she, like, has already, she's, I mean, she's been, like, teasing him for many episodes now. And, um, and she leads into this by, um, saying something about how, you know, it's under the count. It's, it's usually lingerie. <laughs> and that, that's the episode. That wraps it up. Uh, but why? Why does it have to wrap it up? Why can't? Why can't Jack have just agreed to that nightcap? That's all I'm saying. Oof. Well, you know, we are only two episodes away from Blood at the Wheel. So <sighs> things are going to be heating up soon. I know. Oh, I, I can't wait for that episode. Anyways, we're it's not. a good one. Yeah, it's coming. Ugh, and oh my God, Dead Air is coming up too. Ugh, mm-hmm. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So many good episodes on the horizon. <laughs> Um, so what did you have as your best outfit of the week? Wait, I have to do my murder recap. Mm. I'm sorry, I, I do this every week. I purposely skimmed over details. <laughs> I'm sorry. not something I like to do, but <laughs> it's okay, Jenny. You'll just do it in your murder recap. And then what does Mackenzie do? She just, what's your best outfit of the week? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Please give us your murder recap, Detective <clears throat> Genevieve. <clears throat> so... Genevieve, allegedly, but not actually of French ancestry, is a house model at Salon de Fleury. However, in addition to being a house model, she is an established jewel thief, having previously used her connections in fashion houses in Sydney to arrange a series of jewel robberies from high-profile clients by knowing which jewels they had and when they were going to be out of town. So she's moved her operation to Melbourne and starts stealing jewels from Madame Fleury's clients, then turning them down for appointments in case they caught on. That's my theory. That's not, like, corroborated in the episode. Um, (laughs) In order to smuggle the jewels out of the country, she enlisted head seamstress Violet to sew them onto the pret-a-porter dresses that she's making on the sly for Renee, Madame Fleury's sister, who had a more modern approach to fashion. The dresses are being shipped to um, a salon in Paris. So Genevieve had them intercepted and the jewels removed by her French boyfriend. Uh, Meanwhile, Mrs. Wilde, a patron and investor in the salon, believes her husband is having an affair with Genevieve. He's actually having an affair with Violet. So she confronts Genevieve by saying that the game is up. But before she can say what the game is, Genevieve assumes it's the robbery scene scheme, chokes her with her necklace, stabs her with a hairpin hairpin. She assumes Violet is the one who told Mrs. Wilde, so she sneaks up on Violet and kills her too. These are pretty random killings that could have just been saved by a little bit of patience, but, you know, then it wouldn't have been a murder show. And, uh, it's always murder, so. It's always murder, so she went into a violent rage and killed two people. Um, 
She's quite frail, though. Do you really think she could have overpowered that woman? She's so skinny. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Genevieve. Yeah, which woman? Oh, well, either one, I guess. I was thinking of Frances Wilde, because they definitely have, like, an altercation. Yeah, but, like, Frances Wilde was kind of old. And Genevieve, she was, like, she was just definitely small, but she kind of, I don't know. She had a little fire in there. Yeah, I guess so. I I assume she just sort of surprised Violet and smacked her with the iron. Yeah, maybe she smacked her with the iron, then smothered her in the beads. What a way to go. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) so that's the murder. Now we can move on to the outfits. All right. My apologies. What did you have as your best outfit of the week? Um, so Miss Fisher wears this velvet coat during one of the snooping in the salon scenes. This mm. velvet coat with a fur collar and a maroon hat with like a deep blue trim that I just love. That is a great jacket. I know the one you're talking about and I also yeah. liked it. What did you have as best outfit? Um, I had the blue bias cut gown on Renee Fleury in the fashion uh, right. show scene. Um, what about worst outfit? Um, I just wrote down all of Madame Fleury's hats, especially the black and white one. I didn't like that one at all. Um, yeah, I I didn't ha- take so much uh, objection to her outfits, but I really did not like the evening gown that Franny is wearing in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Uh, it yeah. just looks like something you would buy at, like, Marshall's. <laughs> I really didn't like the evening gown that she wears at the end, the Lady Archdale dress. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's too much. It's Yeah, too but that one's at least, like, sort of interesting. Yeah, it's sort of, like, avant-garde. Yeah, yeah. Um, who do you think had the best week? I put Jack, because he gets some real heavy flirting in, and plus, Friday does basically all the investigating, and he just gets to watch. That's very true. Yeah, he, he does barely anything. <laughs> Um, I actually put Renee Fleury because, you know, I guess yeah. her assistant gets murdered, but she does get to realize her dreams and the, the main conflict with her sister is resolved. Right, exactly. She like, she gets her goal and can stop fighting constantly with her sister. Although they'll probably just find something else to fight about, but. Yeah, but it's TV, so we never have to see that. <laughs> yeah, for now it seems resolved. All right, worst week? I had Aubrey, um, both his wife and his mistress get murdered, and he's just kind of a useless idiot the whole time. Plus, his business scheme with Renee gets stolen away by her sister. Except, presumably, now that his wife's dead, he's inherited all her her money, and he can just, like, live a playboy lifestyle. True, I didn't think of that aspect. Ugh. Ugh. So he just gets to skate away from all of this with all the money. Of course he does. Of course he does. Typical man. (laughs) Off to buy himself another double-breasted suit. (laughs) In a poofier hairstyle. Indeed. Which I assume is something you can buy with money. (laughs) With the right hairstylist, certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyways, who did you have for a worst week? I actually had Hugh because he just gets thoroughly owned by Dot and like the gig gig is up for him. You know, now he's got to start paying attention. Oh yeah, he's definitely going to have to start complimenting Dot on her clothes. For sure. Um, What about your skill of the week? Um, I had a hard time coming up with one, but I, I chose fabric scaling because she <laughs> she uses that peacock fabric to climb out the True. window. Yes, yes. We've seen her climb up buildings, but not descend them. Exactly, yeah. What did you have? I put fashion model. I also struggled this week with the new oh, skill. Fashion model is good, though, because that is, yeah. you know, it's a skill you wouldn't expect her to have. Yeah, exactly. Um, What did you rate the murder method? I gave it an eight uh, because beads were involved in both murders, and I thought that was creative. I gave it a five because it's just like, yeah, the, the, like I just 
I just felt like both murders were very unnecessary, but also just kind of ballsy. Like, all right, so you just you're just gonna go for it, okay? And kill some with a hat pin. And would that be actually would that actually kill them? And it, it, it was very quick. The murder it happened very rapidly. Yeah, and like not just for TV, but like the span of time that they discussed during the investigation was like pretty brief. Indeed. Maybe well, there was multiple stabs with the with the hairpin. And maybe I mean maybe it was the smothering with beads that really did her in, and the hairpin was just the double tap. Yeah, but there was a lot of blood. That's true. So That's I assume the hairpin got into like the jugular vein. Yeah. Well. You know, it's TV. Exactly. Um, all right, sexual tension. Uh, 9.75. Okay. I had yeah. it as an 8, so not quite as high, but yeah, there's <laughs> definitely, I don't know, maybe I, that scene at the end is smoking. So. Yeah, I mean, like, undeniably, Jack is saying, I would stay, but I'm afraid of what might happen. And what might happen is the sex. <laughs> the sex? No! <laughs> So I think that's pretty tense. You know, that's about as tense as it yeah. gets. That's true. Yeah, that's, maybe maybe eight was too low. That's what happens after you ride your a roller coaster with your crush. <laughs> the sex. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least in, yeah, to my teenage brain, that is just the direct result of riding a roller coaster with your crush. It's <laughs> <laughs> the direct result. Yeah. You I mean, probably it, have sex on the roller coaster. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like people probably do try to do that. It's it's a, you're strapped in. There's Maybe no a hand way. job. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, but it's also like two minutes long. Well, you know, when you're a teenager. True. <laughs> well anyway. Anyways. I, I think that uh, wraps us up for the week. <laughs> It does. Next week we have season two, episode six, Marked for Murder. The football episode. Oh, yes. Um, I watched the beginning of this when I was, um, when I had finished watching this episode. And there's just a really, like, just a butt right in the cold open. So get ready for that. A butt? I forgot all about that. It's just a naked butt. I remember. Oh, go ahead. It's kind of a hairy butt. Oh, gross. (laughs) Prepare yourself. Thanks for the warning. (laughs) I remember being really confused by this episode and just not even bothering to try and figure out what was going on with these football teams. It is really confusing. Oh, no. Oh, it's going to take me forever to take notes on that. Okay. It's going to be the Woolpackers versus the whatchamacallits all over again. <laughs> maybe I'll just refer to them. Maybe I'll just fall back on last week's episode <laughs> and just use the same explanation. <laughs> we'll just use last week's notes but change it to the names of the football clubs. Yes, exactly. <laughs> As I recall, there is a lot of good um, awkward uh, Jack ex-wife awkwardness in this episode. Yes, there's also that great scene at the end that's like a classic scene from the film. Oh, one of my favorites. Yes. Okay. So so see, that makes the whole episode worth it. Oh, man, that might be a 9.75. Oof. Well, listeners, you'll have to wait till next week to find out how we rated the sexual tension. Get ready for it. Yes. And as always... You know, reach out on social media. You know where to find us. Subscribe, rate our podcast. Yeah, and we love we love all of you. So thank you for listening. We love hearing from you. We recently heard from a listener from New Zealand, which is cool to know that you guys are listening from all over the world. Yes, we have a listener in Sweden who's reached out. New Zealand, and based on our stats, we can see that we have a lot of listeners in Germany. So I just want to say to all of you out there, Danke für die Downloads. <laughs> <laughs> I speak German, fun fact. 
I do not. So maybe next episode, Mackenzie, you can record in German. That would be, the banter would be a little stilted, I think. (laughs) And I'll just keep speaking English. (laughs) All right. Well, till next week. I don't think so. Brookie, we're recording. You need to stop meowing. I don't know what you want. You've already been fed. She you know wants what? her f- 15 minutes of fame.